0: In letters of crimson,
1: God wrote his love.
0: Stephanie came up to me this morning, and she says, Brother Fred, I'm singing tonight. She says, you have a song? That song came to my heart right off the bat. I said, well, I says, I got one. I says, but it's not a single. She said, that's okay. My mom can help. (laughs) I can count on one hand how many times I sat on the platform. Tonight, I was hoping the pastor wouldn't do that because I knew I was going to do this because that song means something to me, and so I appreciate it. Pastor, before I start tonight, I want to say thank you for the message that you preached this morning. I want to thank you for obeying God and preaching what he laid on your heart. The auditorium was packed. We had a full auditorium this morning, but that message was right to me. And I knew that message was right to me, and I appreciate it, and I thank you for that. Tonight, when I get in the car, and I leave here, from the time I get in the car tonight till Wednesday night, auto call, this will be the first time in 21 and a half years I've been without a home church kind of hurts but you know what I am honored and I'm a better man God allowed each one of you to cross into my path I'm a better man because each one of you have crossed into my path and I thank God for each one of you somebody told me the other day I told him that somebody said well you got a church home by proxy I've already got the letter of transfer. So I guess I really do. I guess I really do have a church home by proxy. I want to share a message with you tonight. God laid on my heart some time ago. I wasn't studying for a message. I wasn't even looking for a message. But I'll tell you, young men, something. When you're not looking for a message and when you're not studying for a message and God gives you one, that's the best time in the world. That's the best time in the world. Desi was gone for 25 days. And I said, I'm glad she's gone. And a lot of people took that the wrong way. Okay. But I want to tell you something. When I get alone with God and it's just me at home, man, and I get alone with God, I have a good time. But I want to tell you something. God used that 25 days to work on my hut and to work on Desi's hut. She's in California and I'm in Ohio. And God has told us the same thing. See, God will never tell you to do something that He won't tell your mate. He won't tell you one thing and, and your wife something else or your wife something and, and, and your husband something else. When she came home from California, she was about 90% sure that we were going to Arkansas. I was past 90 But you know what, God brought us together, we prayed, we sought God's face, and one Wednesday afternoon, she said, you know something, she says, I'm ready to go. She says, I'm ready to go, and I said, listen, I said, are you 100% for sure you're ready to go? Because if she wasn't 100%, I wasn't gone. And She says, I'm 100%, she says, I'm ready. So God laid this message on my heart, and I want to share it with you tonight. Take your Bibles, turn to two passages of Scripture, if you would, please. Exodus chapter 15, be the first verse we read. And as Isaiah 14, you put your finger there, a pen there, a pencil, paper there, and we'll read that here in a minute. As you're tuning in, I I want to tell you that story. When your family members ask you to come to church, you can blow them off. You really can. My brother asked me to come to church when he was the, when, when he was the sound man. We met the pastor over there. That's the first time I ever met Mr. Johnson. He'd come up on his bike. I met Mr. Johnson that day. And uh, I told Desi, I said, listen, I said, when your family asks you to come to church, you can blow them off. I said, but when, when the pastor of a church asks you to go to church, you better go because if you don't, something bad's going to happen to you. <laughs> and you know what? I am honored and I count it a joy that God has allowed me to call this my home for 21 and a half years. Dear gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you in Jesus' precious name tonight. Father, I want to thank you, God, for allowing me to stand on this platform tonight. When I stand and open this book, God, I don't take it for granted because I know someday I'm going to have to stand and give an account for this. So, God, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross, that you'd help me to be a blessing and encouragement to your people tonight. And, Father, I pray, God, it's my last service here. And, God, I tell you right now, Father, nothing would make me happier than a man, a woman, a teenage young man, a teenage young lady on my last night here received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God, I could go to Arkansas, a happy camper. I'm going as a better man anyhow for being here. But I could go down the road as a happy camper, Father, if you allow one person to get saved one Christian to get right. Father, I'd be a happy camper tonight if you would allow that, if you would oversee that, if you would bring that to fruition. Father, help me to be a blessing and encouragement to your people tonight. And I ask these things, and I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Exodus in chapter 15, I want you to notice one thing before we read the verse. This is the song of Moses. The children of Israel have won a great victory. They have crossed the Red Sea and they have have gotten a great victory. But the Egyptians, they wasn't so blessed. They got out into the middle of that Red Sea and, and Moses turned around and he took that rod and he stretched it over like God told him and the waters came back and the enemy was dead. I'm going to show you something else about Exodus in chapter 15. Let's read verse 9, if you would, please. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. If you notice in verse number 9, you will see, four I wills. You will see four I wills just in that one verse. The enemy, a man, said, I will. He's a man, but he's God's enemy. And he said, I will, four different times. Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter 14. quote these verses but I'm going to read them anyhow some of you know them by heart but I'm going to read them anyhow 11 through 17 Isaiah 14 12 through 17 how art thou fallen from heaven O Lucifer, son of the morning remember that that's important how art thou cast Cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mountain, the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds I will be like the most high verse fifteen Yea thou shalt be brought down to hell, yet excuse me, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the side sides of the pit, that they see thee shall they that see thee, shall narrowly look upon thee, and consider thee, saying is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That made the world a world as a wilderness and destroyeth the cities thereof that open not the house of his prisoners? If you'll notice here in these verses 12 through 17, but especially in 13 and 14, you will find five I wills. Go back to verse number 12, if you would, please, for just a minute. These five I wills come from Lucifer, the son of the morning. If you hate mornings... Like I hate mornings, you got a right to hate mornings because Lucifer is the sun, not S-U-N, but S-O-N of the morning. Now, after about nine o'clock, I'm okay, but I hate mornings. I, I really do. I'm not going to lie. I hate mornings. But look at this. I want to show you something. If the man in Exodus chapter 15 and Lucifer, the son of the morning, can say, I will, and they are the enemy of God, no doubt about it. Pharaoh did not like God. Pharaoh did not like God's people. Pharaoh wanted them to die and he wanted them to die yesterday and we know lucifer we know the devil he doesn't like god he wants to be like the most high he thinks he's the man with the plan if they can say i will then what stops me as a child of god from saying i will What stops you as a people of God from saying, I will? The title of the message tonight, if you haven't gotten it yet, is I Will. When God speaks, you're not going to like it, maybe. And you're not going to like what he says, maybe. But buck up, be an adult. And say, I will, because that's where you'll find blessing. Amen. That's where you'll find protection. I told Desi, after I'd been talking to Pastor Pennington for a while, and, uh, and, and, and we went down in February uh, to spend a weekend with him, I, I told Desi, I says, uh, I says, how would you like to go down there? And she said, well, she says, uh, well, in our 50s. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to relax and and and, and uh, go a little crazy and buy a red Ferrari and and, and just live and just live life, you know? And, uh she's talking to the wrong person when she said that because <clears throat> if I live to be a hundred, I can't afford a Ferrari. <laughs> but you know what? At first, at first, she, uh, she wasn't too keen with the idea. Well, we went down there and we met the people. We met the pastor. We went on visitation on Saturday morning with the church. We had subway. We went to the Arkansas River. And you would not believe how beautiful that was. Now, the scenery didn't get me. Okay, the scenery didn't, didn't, didn't get me. But what got me, the church will be two years old this September. What got me was a city crying and begging for a man to come and help this 73-year-old man start a church... And to see it thrive. And I said God. If I'm the one. If I'm the one you got to show me. I got to be 100% for sure. As I read. As I prayed. As I sought God's face. It seemed like. Every time I would read this book. God was showing me verses god was trying to tell me through the word of god to go to go and i said god you gotta you gotta tell you gotta you got you gotta you gotta show these same verses to desi she's clear in california well god did something even better she called me one night sunday night maybe it was a sunday night maybe it was a wednesday night pastor in California preached about whom shall I send who will go for me that verse of scripture that passage of scripture she said she called me she said you know what she says I'm ready to go she said God spoke to my heart he didn't use the same verses that he used for me he didn't use the same passages of scripture that he used for me use different verses to speak to her why because she's different she's different the bible calls her the weaker vessel but you know why i married her because she's way smarter than i am and i'm not afraid to admit that guys (laughs) listen 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 we've been married 34 years and i'm not afraid to admit that If you get brains and beauty, you better snatch her up. All right, guy? But if you're going, but if you're going for either or, you better go for the brains. God bless me, I got both. But look at this. What is God calling you to do tonight? What is God calling you? Who cares if you're 15 and above? My first semester at Bible College, I was the oldest, the oldest student. Went on Christmas break, came back. God said, you're not going to be the oldest student anymore. I said, okay, God, I'm fine with that. I said, I'm fine with that. Mr. O'Donnell came. But let me tell you something about Mr. O'Donnell. He allowed me to come to his graduation And it was a great honor to sit in that auditorium that night, that Friday night, and watch him walk across that stage and receive his diploma. That was a great honor for me. But when God God called me to Bible college in 1978, 1977 actually, I hated school. I couldn't pay for it. My mom and dad were divorced, and I knew they couldn't pay for it. A gentleman that I graduated from high school with asked me to join the Marines. I said, okay. I joined the Marines. But can I tell you something about God? He never rescinds his calling. Yes, amen. Right. I got out of the Marines. Came here. Came to Ohio. And every winter, our church grew in attendance. This church right here grew in attendance every winter. Most churches would die and and lose people every winter. But Dr. Cummings came to our church every winter, and he preached. And our church grew in attendance every winter. Sitting on the second row. Never forget this message. Wednesday night, came to church. Dr. Cummings preached. Went home and I got dressed and I went to work. But Dr. Cummings preached on this old green book. He said it was a valuable book because when he bought it, some of the pages, when they, when they, when they cut the book, when they cut the pages, some of the pages wasn't, wasn't cut. So you might be reading page 100 and 101. Well, it would jump to, to 104 and 105 was 102 and 103. You couldn't read them because they were still, still together. It wasn't cut. He made this statement. And I'll never forget this statement. He said, some of you are like this green book I'm holding in my hand. He said, you're afraid to turn the page because you're afraid of what God has for you. That cut me. That cut me. I knew the, the, the auditorium was, was packed that night. I sat right there where Brother Terry sat. All the call was given. I came right here. And I told God, I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. God says, I'm giving you a second chance to go to Bible college. And you better not blow it this time, dude. I had a wife and two kids. I said, okay. I right, I'm gone. Come to church that Sunday. Come to come to church that Sunday morning. I told the pastor. The pastor says, Well, I want you to tell the whole church. Dessie was in nursery that morning. She had no clue I was telling the pastor. We actually sent somebody down to the nursery to go get her. When she comes upstairs and around the corner, no lie, she sees me standing right there. And she's thinking, in the back of her mind, she's thinking, what is he doing? The pastor does one of these numbers. So she's in trouble. She stands right here with me. She has no clue what's going on. She didn't know I was going to talk to Pastor O'Donnell. I kind of sprung on it on her. Gentlemen, don't do that. Okay? Don't do that. The pastor said, us the whole congregation, the pastor says, <coughs> excuse me, the pastor says, Brother Warner has surrendered to go to Bible college and he wants the whole church to know. I was fine with that didn't bother me one bit that's why I came forward lunch on Sunday afternoon was very exciting at my house (laughs) okay but I want you to know something gentlemen I want you to know something God called and I said I will It's a three-year Bible college, and I said, God, I'm going to graduate in three years. I'm going to walk across that stage, and I'm going to get my diploma. They were either going to push me in a wheelchair. They were going to wheel me across that stage in a hospital bed. But in three years, I was getting my diploma. You know why? Because I'm not getting any younger, and I wanted my diploma. When you stand up and say, I will, trust me, ladies, trust me, gentlemen, the devil is going to be on your back. All right. All right. My third year in Bible college, I missed seven days. You were only allowed to miss eight. The instructor called me, made me stay after, after class that morning. And he says, Brother Warner, he said, you ought to quit and take my class next year call this preacher by name, but I can't because he's, he's in Ohio, and everybody would know who he is, and I don't do that to people. I won't do that. I told him, I said, sir, my goal is to walk across that stage in three years and get my diploma, and devil, you're not going to stop me, and that's exactly what I told him. I went down to, and talked to Dean Crowley. Now, Dean Crowley was on my side because he was a Marine. Okay? And he liked me for some reason. I don't know why. But I went in there and I told Dean Crowley. And I said, "Doc Crowley, I said, this is the deal. And I laid it out for him, the whole thing. From 1 to 10, I laid it out for him, the whole thing. I didn't leave nothing out. Dr. Crowley said, Brother Warner, he said, we have an empty dorm room. He says, if you promise me to go home when you can, He said, so you don't miss that eighth day and flunk out. He says, I'll let you live in the dorm room for free. I lived in the dorm room for the last six weeks of Bible college, my senior year. I lived in the dorm room. And I kept my promise. I went home on the weekends. And I went home at at, at night, not every night, but, but at night. So you think it's a piece of cake when you say, I will be prepared because the devil doesn't like you. Amen. And he's going to be on you like green on grass. Trust me. My first year of Bible College Community Baptist Temple paid $450 out of 930 Praise God for that. My second year of Bible college, this church paid $250 out of 930 because I got a job. They didn't need to support me. But they did anyhow. I heard rumor my second year going into my third year. I heard rumor that I was getting a Dr. Folgers award, and I didn't believe him. I thought, yeah, right. They're going to give that award to somebody like me? They got rocks in their head. I'm not getting that. Let me tell you what I did. I polished my shoes twice. I took two showers. I shaved twice. (laughs) I brushed my teeth twice just to be on the safe side of when he called my name. I would be ready. (laughs) I'm sitting right there on the front row. No, I'm sitting over here where Brother Dean's box is. He said, and the Dr. Folgers Award goes to Brother Warner. You could have knocked me off that chair with a feather. I had no clue. I mean, I heard rumor, but I wouldn't believe him. I'm so dumb. Let me tell you how dumb I am. I sat there, and he had to call my name a second time before I would move. I came up on stage. He had this envelope for me. He whispered in my ear. He said, Brother Warner, he says, you ain't getting this envelope until I get a hug. The auditorium is packed. The seniors are graduating. They've got family members. And I thought, listen, here, two Marines hugging. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not proud to get that envelope. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'll give that guy that hug, Jack. The greatest thing about that award was not that Mansfield Baptist Temple paid for my whole year, books and all. That wasn't the greatest. That that was just a piece of the pie. You know what my greatest reward was that year? When you get that award as a senior, you get to go to Mansfield Baptist Temple and you get to preach. Me and Desi went on President's Day weekend. The biggest crowd I ever preached to was 300. The pastor said, Dr. Atkins said, Brother Warner, he says, I apologize. He said the crowd wasn't bigger. He said, but some of my teachers don't have to work on Monday and they took their families and went away for the weekend I looked at him and I said doc I said that's the biggest crowd I ever preached to I said I'm fine with that I preach we go to the hotel Desi says hey the phone's blinking off and on so I answer it he's on the answering machine And he said, Brother Warner, he says, I want you to know, he says, after you and your wife left tonight, he said, a 70-year-old man went back to my office and a deacon led him to Christ. See, the devil's not going to like you when you stand up and you say, I will. And you don't have to be a young man. I was married and had two children. Teenage sons that like to eat. <laughs> okay? Trust me, I wasn't a young man. But because I stood up and God gave me the strength and the courage and the wisdom to go to Bible college, somehow, some way, I got the Dr. Folgers Award and that 70-year-old man Amen. is in heaven tonight. Not because of me. Because God said, I'm giving you one more chance to go to Bible college and you better not blow it, dude. I studied, I prepared, I prayed like nobody's business. And God said, because you're faithful with my word and the devil doesn't like you, I'm going to be faithful to you. Watch what I'm going to do. A 70-year-old man received Christ as his Lord and Savior that night. what's God going to do with you when you stand up and say, I will? We were missionaries for five years. Great time. Let me tell you something. Ladies and gentlemen, don't never say never. Because as soon as you say never, Your world's going to get turned upside down. I made a statement, and I made it more than once, and I probably made it to the pastor probably more than once. And I told him, I am having a great time, and I don't know why, but God is using me, and I don't know why. I said, I am never, ever leaving this ministry. I am never, ever leaving. Because I was stubborn and because I was hard headed and because I made that statement more than once, God knew in the future that there was going to be a Clarksville Baptist church that was going to need a second man. And He'd been preparing me for this the whole time, but I couldn't see into the future, I didn't know what was going to happen. Because I was stubborn. Because I wouldn't move. God used the president, and I thank God for it. You know what? I couldn't say that before. Ask my wife. Ask the pastor. I, I counseled with him. I couldn't say that before. But you know what? I praise God that he used... The president of the rock of ages to team me up like a football and give me the boot i wasn't the easiest man to get along with ask my wife she'll tell you but god had to teach me some things god had to show me some things and i had to pray and seek god's face i had to call some men and beg their forgiveness and tell them that i'm sorry that i was wrong as a grown man do you realize how hard that is doing it face to face is tough god gave me the grace to do it long distance on the phone He teed me up like a football and he gave me the boot. A couple weeks went by. A lot of weeks went by, really. Tell you the truth. I was on the internet. I found 80 churches that were looking for a pastor or an assistant pastor. Out of 80 churches, I sent out 23 resumes. And out of 23 resumes I got four callbacks but when I sent the resume to Pastor Pennington in Clarksville Baptist Church for some reason I don't know why but it just clicked with me I didn't tell Dusty I didn't even tell God but I think he knew that's the one I really wanted But I was afraid to tell people Because I had just Not too many weeks ago Not too many months ago I just got the boot from the Rock of Ages I broke down After I prayed inside God's face I broke down and I told Dusty I called the pastor And I said, Pastor, I, said, I need to meet with you I can't hold it in no longer I got to tell somebody, and I want to tell you. I'll say one thing. Don't be afraid to call this man's secretary and meet with him. I'm four years older than he is. But do you realize how smart, how much wisdom this man has? I told him. I said, I'd like to go to Clarksville. And I said, at least check it out. He said, well, there ain't no home in checking it out. You guys ought to go. I stepped up to the plate with God's help, and it was all God. God said, go to to Clarksville." I said, I will. But you've got to go ahead of me because I can't go by myself and I don't want to get ahead of you. Man, my heart had just been ripped out and stomped on. And if God wasn't going to go to wasn't going to go to Clarksville with me, I didn't want nothing to do with him. If he wasn't going to go with me. We went and had a great time. The whole weekend there was in the 70s i didn't wear a coat the whole time i was there i came back and i told desi see i've been from a big city all my life all except for the 12 years i was in the marines I'm from a big city all my life. There's 9,792 people at that time in February when we were there. And I thought, man, that's kind of small. I've been from a big city all my life. We came home that, that weekend. we came home. And I fell in love with a people before I ever fell in love with a small town. We went on visitation that Saturday. I seen some people that I never, ever seen before. I seen such, some of these people that were in situations that I've never, ever seen before. And I thought to myself, how could they get in this situation in a small town like this? God's got something for each one of you. God's going to use you, each one of you. Who cares if you're over 50? Who cares? Are you man enough? Are you woman enough? When God calls, are you man enough? Are you woman enough to say, I will? And step out and do what God has called you to do? Listen, I can stay here. But I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't get big prayers answered. And I wouldn't see great victories in my life if I stayed here. I know that. I'm smart enough for that. At least I'm smart enough for that. Because God has called me to Clarksville. Will I see big prayers answered there? I don't know. Ask God. I'm just going for the ride. Is God going to give me some great victories in my life? I don't know. I'm just going on for the ride. One thing I know, two things I know. I don't know what the future holds for me there, but I'm excited to find out. Yes, amen. And what I don't know, Brother Cavanaugh, you're in trouble because I got your phone number and you're the assistant pastor here. <laughs> All you got to do is return my call. Okay, And the other stuff that I don't know, God's going to teach me OJT. And if, you don't, if you've never been in the military and don't know what that means, that means on-the-job training. Okay. I'm going to give the pastor, the pastor's going to give me his address, his home address. And I'm going to write the pastor from time to time and give him updates to what we're doing and how the church is doing. If he shares that with you, fine. If he doesn't, that's fine too. I don't have no control over that. But ever since I told him, when I met with him the second or third time, I can't remember. Ever since I told him, God called me to Clarksville, and we're leaving. You know, he's never, ever been a wet blanket, and he's never, ever said, you can't go. Matter of fact, he told me the opposite. He said, I think this is God's will for you life, your life, and you ought to go. But you have to be willing you have to be a man you have to be a woman and I mean you have to be a man's man and you have to be a woman's woman you can't just be some wishy-washy dude or some wishy-washy lady You've got to be a man's man, and you've got to be a woman's woman. And when God calls you, you've got to stuff up to the plate and say, God, you're not going to show me the whole picture, and I'm okay with that. But I will, I will, I will do whatever it is that God's called you to do. This is up to the pastor tonight, but I'm going to throw it out there because I actually have this wrote down. All the rest of that stuff I didn't have wrote down. But I think Community Baptist Temple ought to have two autocalls tonight. I think the first autocall should be to each and every individual. Then you'll come and you'll bow and you'll say, God, whatever you have me to do, I will. And then the second autocall ought to be collective. As a church body, Because you want to see Community Baptist Temple grow. You want to see Community Baptist Temple be great. You want to see Community Baptist Temple reach bus kids. Reach the lost. Reach those men and women at the Haven of Rest for the honor and the glory of God. But you know what? I'm done, I'm praying, and I'm going to turn the auto call over to the pastor. And if he decides to have two auto calls, fine, and if he doesn't, I'm fine with that too. Two enemies, a man and Lucifer, the son of the morning, said, I will. What's stopping me and you? Dear gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you in Jesus' precious name.